0: Hello, this is Mira Desi, and today we'll be mapping carrageenan on the 15-Minute Matrix.
1: Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host, This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on how to use the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I'll be talking with Mira Desi. Mira is the ingredient guru, a holistic nutritionist and popular public speaker. She knows that it's not just what you eat, but what's in what you eat. She is the author of the book, The Pantry Principle, How to Read the Label and Understand What's Really in Your Food. Let's get talking about this very peculiar ingredient. Welcome, Mira. I'm thrilled to have you here on the 15-Minute Matrix Thanks Andrea, I'm so excited to be here. I know you love your ingredients and you love to highlight what these ingredients can do inside of our bodies. So this is an ingredient that I think deserves a lot of attention Our understanding of it has changed considerably over the last decade or so. Let's talk carrageenan, what is it? Carrageenan, it's in
0: everything. And unfortunately it's use continues to grow and it's even allowed in organic foods, which is really awful. It is supposed to come out, but they have a time period to make that happen. Carrageenan is a red seaweed, and unfortunately, you know, we're all being told, oh, seaweeds are healthy for us, eat more seaweed, it's really good for us for a number of different reasons, but this red seaweed is actually different. It's highly inflammatory, it can be very overwhelming to the gut, and as a matter of fact, in some studies, it has even caused renal bumps, in other words, issues with the kidneys, so it's not just affecting the gut. And part of the challenge is it's being used as an emulsifier, as a thickener, and it goes into everything. It's in prescriptions, it's in lunch meat, it's in frozen foods, it's in alternative dairy milks it's in almost every single aisle of the grocery store
1: i see it a lot in those alternative dairy milks i think that's one of the places where we think we're eating healthy coconut milk in particular a lot of people are buying their coconut milk and there it is right there on the label why did we start using it and how do we get so confused about ingredients
0: why we started using it is because it is an inexpensive emulsifier and so, it's a great way for companies to be able to thicken their product. You know, if you think about coconut milk, natural coconut milk is actually much thinner than even the stuff we buy in the containers at the grocery store. And so, this allows them to add a little bit of thickness to accommodate that mouthfeel that we're looking for. Mm. One of the challenges that we have, though, is because it's in so many different things, we sometimes bypass it or we don't take the time to read the label. And for food producers, it's not only inexpensive, but it's something that is easy to formulate with. Frequently, when they make a change, there is a lead time of sometimes as much as 18 months for them to reformulate a product. You can't just substitute one ingredient for another one. Carrageenan, however, happens to be one of the easy ones to formulate with. So that and the inexpensive nature of it have made it very, very versatile.
1: What have you found in informing people about carrageenan? Are you seeing symptoms subside? things that they were surprised that they didn't know they had to look for? What's been your discovery there in in informing people? There has been a huge response.
0: And actually, I'd like to share a really interesting story with you. I had a client where we worked together, we cleaned up her gut health, made a ton of changes for her, and she was doing really, really well. And all of a sudden, she wasn't doing well. Like Six months later, things were backsliding and we couldn't figure it out. And so, my response to her was, let's go back to the beginning, read every single label. Cause, you know, as human beings, we tend to shop on autopilot. Right. All you find a good product, you just stick with it. And it turned out that one of the foods that she was used to buying had been reformulated and they were now using carrageenan in it. And when she removed that product inside of like five days, all of her symptoms disappeared.
1: It's amazing. And it really can just happen with the shift in just one set of ingredients. And I've seen that happen a lot. I've experienced what you're talking about with clients as well. Let's talk more about the GI health, the digestive system, so that all practitioners can be aware that it's not just, quote unquote, the healthy diet, but that oftentimes we need to go further. When we look at carrageenan, there's an impact on the microbiome there's an impact like you said on inflammation that can happen in the GI what are we seeing and how is it happening as a result of the carrageenan what's it doing in there one
0: of the things i've discovered with a lot of clients is that it tends to be very low level if it's someone who does not have some sort of a propensity towards digestive mm. dysbiosis anyway so if you don't have Ulcerative colitis, IBS, you know, any of those sort of things, you just sort of have this low level, gee, I fart a lot or I burp a lot or I get a lot of bloating easily or my stomach sometimes doesn't feel so good and I can't quite put my finger on it. And when we then stop and look at the ingredients and begin to clean it up, it's amazing how quickly they respond. One of the challenges is because it's so low level people tend to ignore it. Mm -hmm. Unless you're someone who has some sort of a digestive ailment, you just think, all right, so, you know, whatever. It doesn't happen all the time, and so we don't pay attention. And that's where, as practitioners, we need to really encourage our clients in their food journaling to not only write down what they're eating, but how
1: they're feeling. I call this food mood in quotation marks and poop journaling. So we need to look at that mood of the body, any sign or symptom. And this does impact more people who do have IBD. So they already have diagnosed bowel issues. Also the elderly who may have a difficult time eating and digesting their foods. But I'm assuming also Mira, the dose makes the poison in this situation. And like you said, it's in so much so have you found clients where it's hidden in a lot of the alternative ingredients they're eating or foods
0: they're eating here's a very interesting story i did a talk at one point on ingredients and inflammation and as one of my slides i wanted to share about carrageenan because it is such a highly inflammatory ingredient I ran out of room on the slide for wow. everything that it appears in at the grocery store. It was amazing because like I said, it's in prescriptions, it's in almost every aisle, and it's so pervasive that I think that adds to the burden and then the amount of it as well. You know, part of the challenge is we have this whole system of generally recognized as safe grass and The problem is that system doesn't say how much are you eating. So if you're someone, for example, who is eating a particular brand of lunch meat that has it and you're drinking alternative dairy that has it and you're eating frozen confections that have it and it's in your soup, like you're getting a lot. If you're someone who just drinks the alternative dairy and that's your exposure you are still getting exposed and you may still be having issues, but it seems harder to put your finger on it.
1: I think it's really interesting that we think we can use a food or a food additive in this case. And then over time, over a decade or so, we start to see that it has a biological impact and yet it takes so long for us to shift the course of utilizing that ingredient. There's so much when I go on to PubMed that shows <laughs> us over time how much awareness there is about carrageenan and its impact on digestive health on immune health and also on blood sugar regulations so first of all how does that happen that we grab for something make it okay use yeah. it broadly and then go whoops That is one of the biggest frustrations with our food system.
0: Part of the challenge is the FDA, decades ago, realized that they were overwhelmed and they could no longer regulate all of the ingredients because we create so many of them and we create so many uses for them. So they created this system, GRASS, and essentially it allows food producers to do the science and then report to the FDA and say, our experts say that it's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of like putting the fox in charge of the hen house there. What happens is we have a lot of different ingredients. I believe there were 37 new approved ingredients in 2017, which is last year for which we have complete data. And the FDA does not look at the science for any of them. It takes the manufacturer's word for it. And so it's not until someone else starts doing the research and saying, this is not healthy, here's why. And even then, the producers that are using it are going to fight back. A perfect example of that, just to shift a little bit, is artificial colors. We've known for almost 50 years that they're bad for us. They're bad for our brain, they're bad for our mood, they're not healthy for us, our bodies don't need petrochemicals. There is good science showing how bad it is, And yet the FDA still says, well, we're not convinced. And so it's still allowed in the food.
1: It's just so interesting to look at the impact this has on our body and then moving forward future generations. I know that the carrageenan also has an impact on some of our enzymes and the way we can process the sulfurs we're exposed to. Is there anything else biologically before we look at the impact on the next generation? Honestly, I think the
0: Biggest thing is simply that it does impact the microbiome, and it creates so many changes that we wind up having a systemic response to it. Mm-hmm. And depending on how much the exposure is and how your bio individual body responds, right. some people will recover quickly from dropping it out of their system. Other people are going to have a much more impacted system simply because of nutritional depletion that comes out of microbiome changes, et cetera. It really can be very pervasive and very overwhelming.
1: And when we see this happening, I know you have a passion for looking at the impact of these ingredients on our future generations. What's your concern with carrageenan in particular? Part of my issue
0: is that we have this theory that Dr. Natasha Campbell-McBride came up with called generational amplification. Mm -hmm. And so what one generation has as a minor response amplifies over two, three, four generations to all of a sudden become an enormous response. And that's because different switches are being turned on and turned off. And so as we have this impact on the microbiome, one of the things that we don't know fully about carrageenan is the epigenetic changes that it is causing by that dysregulation.
1: Makes good sense. And it makes sense to be shopping more carefully. Is there one thing you would relay to practitioners listening about advising their clients and patients about carrageenan and how to avoid it it comes back to my
0: favorite saying in the whole wide world read the label (laughs) (laughs) like really that is the most powerful thing that you can do because fortunately carrageenan is one of those ingredients that must be disclosed wherever it's being used And truthfully, if people take the time to read not just the nutrition facts, but to actually look at the ingredient panel and really recognize what's going on, they're going to be absolutely shocked at what's in there. And that then becomes motivation to make a change. So read the label.
1: Fantastic. What a good message for us to leave on. Read the label. Thank you, Mira.
0: Thanks, Andrea.
1: The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. The 15-Minute Matrix team includes music by my son, Gilbert Nakayama, Carla Schaefer on sound production, as well as Renee Hunt, Natalie Merrill, and Christine Shook. You can visit us and hear more episodes at 15minitematrix.com. And if you'd like to be notified each time there's a new podcast episode, please go to 15minitematrix.com forward slash notify. We'll be sure to drop into your inbox with a super short reminder that a new episode is ready and waiting for you. You also have an open invitation to email us. Please do. We want to know who you'd like to hear on the podcast and what you'd like to see mapped on the 15 Minute Matrix. You can always always email us at ask at 15minutematrix.com.